Welcome to the Pokeball Podcast. I'm Bellyball VGC, or Tyler. Today's special guest is Torian, also known as Sticky. Uh, Sticky, would you like to give us a quick VGC history? Hello, everybody. Uh, my name's Torian. I also go by Sticky. Uh, that is my my name on everything, pretty much. But uh, I would refer to myself as a an older player, but a Gen 9 baby, I guess. Uh, I've played Pokemon all my life, like everybody else. Um, uh, all the older cart games, uh, where I kind of died out was X and Y. I kind of like stopped playing Pokemon, and it, it became a lot more casual. Um, and never played any Smogun or Showdown until like literally last year. Um, but ultimately, I had some friends doing draft leagues for uh, Sword and Shield, and uh, they invited me to play because I was I was working with them and they knew I was a Pokemon fan. And it took the one draft league to be like, man, I kind of miss Pokemon. And uh, from there, I had a, a good friend of mine named uh, Dubis VGC who dragged me to release and was like, you're playing Pokemon this year. Like, there's no way you're not doing it. You have nothing better to do. And little did I know that was probably the best decision that I've made in a long time. I've really loved the Pokemon community. Um, and I've really enjoyed every last bit. I mean, I've lost a lot of games, but it's it's crazy. Like, it's not like any other game where you take losses and it's uh, it beats up on you. Like, you know, you, you take losses in, in Pokemon and you laugh or you take what you can from it. and. Uh, I've really enjoyed it being in the community. Yeah, it's a, a, that's one of my favorite things about the game. You know, even when you're down and you're losing matches, to have your friends to kind of pull you up from that is a great thing. Um, so, Torian, you've competed in one of the worst planned tournaments, I think, that's ever existed um, in the Orlando Regional Championship. Um, so I know it's been a while since Orlando's happened, um, but I, I didn't really get the chance to talk to anyone this early in the season, um, you know, about ho how Orlando went. Uh, so if you'd like to give us a rundown, you know, of your experience of competing in that regional. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, regional was uh, regional. Orlando was my first regional ever, uh, my first event ever. Never attended any type of Pokemon competitions. Um, but it was the closest event to me. I live in Houston, Texas. And so as far as distance goes, me and Dubis VGC kind of were just sitting in a chat one day. And the it was maybe two weeks prior to the tickets releasing for Orlando. And it was like a ha-ha one night. Like, what if we went and competed? Like, just brought a team and just competed. Like, bucket list, get it out the way. And, you know, if we like it, then at least we know we want to stick around. Uh, so... I took uh, Ndidi Armor's side spam, which was just tearing up the meta at that point in time. Um, but we were going into the Paradox Mon. Nobody, you know, everybody had ideas of what was going to be good, but nobody really knew the strength of the Paradox Mon. Uh, into it. I mean, even I did. As a newer player, I was trying to learn the, the game as it was, and then... Paradox Mon, I got hit by a headlong rush in uh, like round four of Orlando and I literally went back to my to do this and was like uh, Can we can we start calcing headlong rush? I didn't know what that move was before we got here So um, <laughs> that was that was very interesting, but um, 
I guess from somebody who didn't have any prior regional experience, it it, it didn't feel. It, it definitely was exhausting. Uh, we got there at 7:30 in the morning to make sure we were there for check-in and and to get seated. And I actually dropped my last two games off of just the sheer fact that it was already 10 o'clock at night, and they still had two more rounds to go. And I had been there since 7:30, and I was exhausted. <laughs> so, That's wild that you guys played so late. I feel like the two regionals that I competed in this year at Knoxville and Charlotte. Uh, I have NAIC coming up, but those two regionals I feel like were much better planned after what happened in Orlando. Um, in both of them, I would say we were done playing around, you know, one of them I think even 5 o'clock in the afternoon is to the other being more so like 7 o'clock in the afternoon. So just hearing that, like, you know, rounds still going on at 10 o'clock at night is just absurd. Um, Yes. That's, it's kind of wild, too. You know, I feel like we're going through that change right now where everyone's adapting to reg, Regulation D for Worlds. And, you know, like you said, players were kind of thrown for a whirlwind. And this regional, you know, the, the one of the very first, you know, adapting just overnight to this new meta and these new mods was something that everyone had to deal with. Yeah, I think it was just kind of funny that... Uh, I, I guess now we're kind of complaining because we, we got the new... the new, we, You know, Regulation D is here. You know, we all know what it is. We, we all know what it's going to be. And that was kind of the same situation with Series 2. It was like we were all playing Series 1 and we all thought it had some growth left in it. And the first day of legal paradox mon was the day of a regional so it just it's the same argument as far as like players paid i mean i i drove 17 hours to an event that i had no clue what mons were going to be at and i and so like it's this i feel like it's kind of the same scenario like i'm i mean i'm i'm nervous about about it all but i feel like it's kind of the same the same thing but but as you hard back to it like uh a lot of things changed after orlando and so it's it is very interesting as somebody who's uh, new to the scene and that was my very first event like watching the just the plan like the, the way uh tournaments are planned just all off an event that i was able to attend is is kind of um is is kind of cool because uh, i mean i think there was 830 people at somewhere around there at, at Orlando which was like I, I mean I was in a daze I could not believe the amount of people I guess that was my first shock of like I'd always played Pokemon but I was never into the community so I was like I, especially where I'm at in Houston it's very small and niche but uh, to, to like turn the corner of the entrance hall and to see all those people lined up I was like oh I made you I, I think I found my like I found my herd <laughs> like I'm gonna get in the herd like I, it was so that was a very uh a heart heartwarming feeling as far as like getting there and being like there's eight, at least 800 people in here all just like me in some way shape or form um but I I had a Orlando changed I would say Orlando changed my life as far as keeping me like it was the switch that I needed to keep me in Pokemon to make me want to play more Pokemon uh, because of Orlando I made my VGC Twitter which in the long run has made me so many friends including including you uh, Billy which I mean I'm so grateful for this opportunity to, to be on here but that's another thing like if I never went to Orlando 
I would have never been sitting in a hotel room in the middle of the night and deciding I need to make a Twitter because I was sitting next to Nino Poke Bros in his suit and I'm like, I know this is somebody like prominent in the scene. I just don't know who you are, who you are. And so uh, that, you know, Orlando was, was a really, a really interesting moment in my life. Uh, and it kind of, kind of been pivoting since then. So I have a, Orlando's gonna have a special place in my heart forever, for sure. That's awesome. So talking about regionals, you know, um, kind of a big thing that's been going on. I saw that you were raising money um, to make the journey to NAIC. I know that you said that you may not be competing in it, but you were wanting to travel to meet some of your team building group and uh, Pokemon friends. How's that going for you? I'm, I'm blessed and very humble that I have the people I have in my life, including you, Billy, is, uh, you know, the very short time that we've uh, known each other that's why I love the Pokemon community but I have successfully been able to raise all, all the funds that I needed to get my flight to NAIC um, and you're right I, I I did not make the cut to compete um, I I know like anybody could compete but to be honest that wasn't really my mindset uh, I got to compete at Orlando I got to see how it felt how it felt uh, I, I would really like to go back um, now that I I'm not gonna be so stunned and so flashed, flashbang walking into our land, like walking into the re, uh, the regional. I was like, oh my god, the the plush vendors and the card vendors and and the stage and the players and the gear, like everything, like hit me like a flashbang. I was just, I was just. Stunned. I still feel like you may be flashbanged a little bit at an AIC because I feel like they do a little bit more of a production for <laughs> international championships. So we both still may be a little flashbanged there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but at least uh, I'm not gonna be flashbanged and then sitting down going, okay, so this is a great tusk. I, <laughs> me staring at great tusk going, I don't know what this mon does, but I know it's scary. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so true. It, it, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be uh, very fun. And also I've been taking the last couple months, especially I kind of had to slow down. Um, I, I got, you know, we all got the game in November, you know, we all started competing, you know, December, uh, actually the, the first week of ranked ladder was my birthday uh of, of yeah it was like the first week of ranked ladder was my birthday week so like we we've all been competing since then i went to uh, uh orlando in february where i went six i went three and six uh in my first event which i was like hey i didn't think i was gonna come here and, and get three wins much less you know any so i was very i was very happy with that um and I like got really upset, I wanna say like mid-March. And it, you know, it's the wall. You know, every everybody hits the wall at some point, you know, you just get burnt. And I really felt like the my burnt was my burnout was coming from playing the same same things. My 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 uh, my heart was in trick room at the time and it's always kind of been in trick room. That's kind of where my Pokemon uh, journey started was playing these random trick room teams that I saw on YouTube that I thought were really hilarious and I felt like trick room kind of fit some of the things that I like my play style and so Psy Spam and DD Arm Rouge obviously was calling my name when it started I was like this is everything I want oh my god and and as as time continued 
I felt like it was hurting me because I was so new to the to the game and to the competitive scene and I had only played these months. I felt like every time a new core came out, I was having to, to like learn, not just learn how like the core, but learn the mons in the core. I'm like, dude, I gotta play, po like I have to play other Pokemon. Uh, so at some point I put my foot down and I stopped playing Trick Room and I started um, forcing myself to, to move on and move around and uh, and learn. So I'm really excited for NAIC because it'll give me a chance to just sit and take in information. I can take my notepad, I can just actually take notes and, and see things in person and uh, take advantage of not being stressed out because I want my team to perform very well. Um, and and not wanting it to feel like I you know spent X amount of money to go on a trip and didn't perform well, uh, so I I'm very to I'm very excited to see it from that perspective as far as just spectating, um, but I am like at the most part very excited to meet uh, all all my friends in person because you know as somebody from from Houston our scene down here is pretty is pretty small uh, and so a lot of my friends. Uh, unfortunately are out of the state and so it'll be it'll be really nice to everybody be in one spot and get that one photo you know that you know keeps you going Heck yeah yeah I'm, that's one thing that's like you know through my tough times of the year you know or when i'm having a bad time that's one thing i really look forward to is getting to see all my friends at these events um and it kind of keeps me going uh, i've never really like had that experience of like not competing at an event I'm sure there will be a day where I want to go to one without competing I do think that's a really cool aspect you know to be able to show up without stressing and then to compete in the side events too you know there are still some very good competitors you know after day one and day two there will be some side events that they're you know fairly high level competitors from the actual tournament that you know people drop out and start playing in um, everyone has bad RNG, you know, there will be some great players who end up dropping the tournament itself just because of RNG. Uh, so you'll, you'll get to see some really strong matchups in the side events alone. Um, so today, you know, we all kind of watched together. Uh, we recently had Fresno finals wrap up. Uh, it was a really, really amazing finals um, with Amelia Forbes taking the win against Gavin Michaels. Um, that, that was a team... Uh, Gavin lost in the very early part of the stream uh, with his rain team so it was like a, a weird start where I didn't think that Gavin would perform as well as he did and then end up seeing him in finals like we did um, you know that was something that I, I kind of was taken back on um, Lent Duel I thought would maybe have a stronger run um, along with like Cybertron I thought maybe we would see Cybertron in the finals um, even with the setback after round one had an amazing performance uh, but Emilio just broke through with, like, you know, amazing plays. Like, just out-of-this-world player. Um, it's great to see him take this win. Um, as I said on Twitter, Emilio is your favorite player's favorite player, is what it seems like. His play is always just top-tier, and every time you're, like, uh, uh, a player could, like... I feel like the... I mean, and I'm somebody who just recently started watching, so like, when I go to bed, I put on like older tournaments and you know, 2019, 2018, just to watch. And I've seen some of the Emilio, and I'm like, my lord, he's like, and, and then today they were like, yeah, he's he has three Swiss losses, three regional Swiss losses, but he has three regional wins. I'm like, oh, okay, he's, 
he's different. <laughs> he's just different. But as to heart back what you said, we were both kind of watching it, and I even said, um, watching that first game with Gavin and the way he played, I was kind of also myself disheartened. I was like, man, I just feel like Gavin made some like a couple key moves that just really weren't in his favor, and that's what kind of had him, you know, play, you know, look not perform as well. And then to you know, fast forward to see him in the finals, I was like, wow, that, you know, the, the mindset to just be like, the next one, like, even on the wins, like, drop it, the next one, it's time to go to the next one, and then the next one, and then like you said with Cybertron, the same thing, he had the whole mental battle of, he took a loss for pretty much no reason that he could have just, you know, maybe showed up to the event earlier and put his team in, but he took he took it on the chin and said, "Let's play the next one and the next one." And so, um, I you know, Cybertron's already a huge, uh, you know, uh, where's what's the word I'm looking for? Role model to the community and, and such. And so that that's always heartening, like you know, heartwarming to see, you know, him him get uh, on the better side of things, having his history of some bad RNG. <laughs> Uh, it's good to see, you know, it roll in his favor for once in, in all seriousness. So I'm uh, very excited to, to for, for Cybertron and his play and to see him play in the World Championship. But Fresno was very interesting as far as uh, this is what our second to last Reg C. We just have NIIC left after this and that'll be it for Reg C. So yeah, that's our last regional in yeah. Reg C. Yeah. So all we have is the international championship. Yeah. So it, you know, this is the the the. I feel like Regulation C is closer to an end in its life cycle than the other two regulations were. I feel like regu, you know, a series one had a lot of growth in it still, but it was kind of cut short due to their scheduling and the way they had to move things. And then series two, you know, was kind of uh changing towards the end i feel like you know it like right when it adapt, like it it kind of switched kind of like how this regulation c has uh, we're kind of seeing this new balance you know surgeons come in and and people just going well it's kind of either new balance or hyper offensive and how they're kind of maneuvering this around uh that's kind of i feel like how series two is about to move and then they sh they they cut it um so it is kind of nice as a newer VGC player to kind of see the the birth and the like the end of a regulation finally like the actual growth I mean there's of course regulation C may have a little bit room for some things to be jumbled around you know Pokemon is Pokemon there's always going to be some counter to something but overall I feel like the meta has kind of hit a wall in reg C and like you kind of know what the meta is where in the last two series we had a little bit of room for growth, so um, it, it that it that is nice. Uh, I, at the beginning of Regulation C, I wasn't uh, as as confident that I was gonna enjoy enjoy it as much because I wanted Series Two still so bad. But I ended up, you know, coming around and enjoying Regulation C. So we will see how the next the next thing is. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, like you said. I think we've kind of hit this stagnant wall, you know, where we see Fluttermane at 70, almost 80% usage. Um, very similar cores uh, where Balance has, you know, seen all of its different faces, but all of the different faces are just very different, you know, slight variations. 
Um, so, I, you know, I feel like we have hit this wall in creativity where you see players who just are now at this point playing teams that we've played for so long that we're very comfortable in them. Um, so you do see a couple, like, variants and odd picks that do uh, really well. Like um, For example, in my weekly tonight, you know, we see a Gallade do very well this late in Regulation D. Um, do just to, I think, the player's comfort level with Gallade itself. Um and then knowing how to use it in those situations properly and having the right matchups. Um, so there, you know, it just comes to a point where like a meta can develop and a player gets so used to it for so long that you'll see like these off meta picks. Uh, so it is really interesting to see how the meta will develop for NAIC um, after Fresno. I feel like there was a very diverse meta for Fresno, but it was still kind of balanced amongst these like very strong picks. It was just we saw some of the stronger picks, um, you know, could be kind of washed out to the this more diverse, uh, you know, team building. And I think that may play into the whole like West Coast strategy and like style um, and meta. But I do think that we'll see some of that like roll into NAIC. I think that people, the format's kind of stagnant and people are looking for this more interesting level of play. So you do start seeing like players who bring Mons they're more interested in playing with less than like the most strongest pick, you know? Like I want to win a tournament with this Mon because I've already got my world's invite. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Um, now that we do have the world's format and Regulation D has been released, uh, Torian, do you think being a fairly new player, um, that you're like still excited for Regulation D, but do you think that affects you like going into this next format, battling for ladder and like, I know that there are no regionals or any events that you'll be playing in, but like how does that affect you as a player, you know, being a newer player going into this Regulation D? So at first, I will have to say I was pretty alarmed. I, I like it, it was definitely stressful seeing the, the list be released and me going, I have no competitive history against 80% of the Pokemon that have gotten released. So I, I don't know move pools. Like people are like, yeah, did you know Ursa Luna has actually like had headlong rush before Great Tusk? I'm like, I thought that was a great Great Tusk exclusive move. I'm so. So like it, at first I was definitely overwhelmed the first couple days I was like oh I, I don't I don't I don't um, but I'm trying to get on the positive side of things and go and, and exactly harping back to what you said I don't have any uh, tours to play in, or any uh, regionals to play in it may be some locals for no championship points so if there was any time for me to be uh, just thrown into a set that I didn't know the Mons or I wasn't familiar with any of the Mons, the time would be now. At, at least at least I am not going to be stressed out because I have uh, a regional at the end of the month and I don't know what the Mons are. It's more so like, well, if I want to perform well on the ladder and if I want to play well with my friends, I need to figure this out. And so I have some time. Um, it definitely is a little overwhelming and I do feel like it's time for some of the uh, more seasoned players to have their have their shine. Uh, I, and I think with Scarlet and Violet, the, the beautiful thing about Scarlet and Violet has been the new player base and uh, Terra 
the tear mechanic being so friendly to newer players and allowing flexibility in what you play and then open team sheets changing just the information game and how somebody like me who really doesn't who knows Pokemon but just I can't tell you a, a move pool off the top of my head well I don't really need to know it now it's in front of my face and I know what that move is so um, I, I do feel like it's this is finally a time where older players who who scraped and they put up with all that Dynamaxing and, and, and Sword and Shield are finally uh, here to you know here to show their knowledge and here to show uh, you know veterans you, you know we, we do have Justin Tangs but we also have you know Ray Rizzo's so uh, you know you know we, I'm definitely excited to see the pros play it so I can get more information on it uh, and that's how I'm just gonna kind of stay positive as far as that goes because you know if you get into that mental space of like you know I don't know what to team build and 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 I I don't know what this is and I don't know what that is is you just kind of spiral into this into this mess of uh, not knowing what Pokemon like what what to do and so um, I'm gonna make yeah. I'm gonna make the best of it for sure uh, I think we'll find that balance you know I think everyone will come around I do think that you're right with like uh, more seasoned VGC uh, veterans having a little bit more knowledge on like where to go with the team building um, just like having the comfortability with some of the mons um, especially coming from like sword and shield because we had access to a lot of them uh, it is something that I think too that like a lot of players have said uh, like if you've played Pokemon for a while now like um, coming from like the black and white era this is very like the even with Terra the mechanic being different and being friendly to newer players I do feel that like this meta in general has taken it back to like a core of Pokemon and like battling really feels like Pokemon again like even like you know pre black and white um, the I think that the meta is just very healthy and like the strategies are very Pokemon like strategies um, so it does it has this like you know friendly aspect to newer players but also being very friendly to players who have been around for a long time and understand that you know that like uh, speed tier tailwind um, getting speed control or like setting trick room so you have the speed control and like those really core strategies and tight matchups as to where you have like Terra you can shift now but like knowing those tight matchups and like getting good pivots into them is a really important thing um, so it is really exciting to watch how new players will adapt to regulation D um, it's we've been talking about it for so long now and like speculating and now that we know what it is you know it's really interesting to talk um, we've only had our chance to talk with our last two guests about you know like how Regulation D will play out now um, that it's been released. Sticky, I appreciate you being on today. Um, is there anything you would like to say to the community while you have the chance? I would just like to, I'd like to, I'd like to start off by thanking anybody who did donate to the NAIC funds. I wanna humbly from the bottom of my heart thank anybody, thank everybody, especially because I'm just going as a spectator. Um, so thank you so much for contributing to that. I'm going to make the most of it uh, as far as, you know, meeting all my friends, taking in all the information I can from the pros and such. Uh, anybody looking to follow me on Twitter, I'm a pretty good Twitter follow. It's how I met, it's how I met Belly. Uh, my name's Sticky VGC, uh, just Sticky VGC on Twitter. And you don't mind me asking you a question, uh, Belly, what core Pokemon, like what core do you, uh, 
do you, that has had the most success so far do you think is um, going to die off now that Reg D is here? If, if, if you had to say. A uh, core that I think will die off the most um, that's had a lot of success. Um, unfortunately, a lot of you uh, worm enthusiasts will hate me. Um, but a team that recently has had a lot of success at regionals. Um, and I feel like through season one, there has always been that player who has succeeded with it very well. Um, in season two, regulation C, I have met players across the board at every regional that I went to have, who have been very, very skilled at using Orthworm um, and a nightmare to play. So I think that coming into regulation D with the power creep, I think it's a lot harder to get those shed tails off. And it's a strategy that I think we will see fall off coming into regulation D as time goes on. Okay, okay. I felt like that was something interesting. I, I you know, I've been tuning in to the, to the pod since it started and uh, some interesting questions y'all have been hit with and that's something that I've been thinking about. But again, want to thank you uh, for the opportunity to be on the podcast. Love, love the podcast. Love everything y'all have going on here. Um, thank, thank every, thank to all the viewers for listening to uh, just a, a, a small time uh, bottom cut local player who just plays a little bit of Pokemon uh, talk. I appreciate y'all. If y'all like to tune into my stream, I also do stream on Twitch. I uh, recently became an affiliate last month. Uh, it's gonna be the Sticky uh, at Twitch, and so. I'd like to see y'all there. Come join uh, the button pressing community. We just we, we press buttons and we have a good time. Heck yeah. Thank you, Sticky. Uh, speaking of Twitch, next week's guest is actually a uh, Twitch streamer that goes by the name of Salty Dolphin. Um, very excited to have him on the stream and talk about what's been going on over in the Twitch realm. Um, if you're a VGC player and interested in being on the podcast, email us at pokevolclub at gmail.com. Sticky, thanks again. Everyone take care. Thanks for tuning in. You have a great afternoon.